Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Round two in the books here in the NRL. It's JT here for the Sunday Wrap. Unfortunately, doing it solo this time around. So I've had Lakey lined up. I had Wenon lined up. They both uh, had too big of a weekend by the sounds there. Did see Wenon on the dance floor in Fortitude Valley, Brisbane on Friday night. I can only imagine he's still in bed based on the uh, the way some of those moves were going. But nonetheless, I'm here to talk you through all the ins and outs, all the happenings, all the goings-on of a pretty wet old round in both Supercoach and the NRL. Um, it's not quite the 1,200-plus, the 1,300-plus that was in round one. Surely that couldn't be kept up for too long. It was torrential rain across pretty much every game of the round, barring maybe that Townsville game there. So hopefully you came out pretty well unscathed. Hopefully for your own sake, you're keeping dry, you're keeping safe, um, everything all going well for you. You've been able to enjoy some footy over the weekend. Um, as we said, not a not a big round of scoring here. It's been a, a bit of a well, crashing back to reality for a few teams. Thankfully for myself, scraped over the 1,000 mark there, 1027, 1027 before any updates. Actually, had a quick look there, no updates as we've gone to air here at, uh, what is it, 9.18 p.m. Uh, Brisbane time here. So absolutely no game has been updated. I'm sure they will come flooding in as I'm doing the podcast here. But for now, 1027 is where I've landed. Happily enough with that. did uh, Wasn't looking great. I think I was on maybe 550 something coming out of, uh, out of Saturday night's game. So thankfully, Roosters put the Tigers to the sword today. Simonson scored a little bit in the last game of the round there against the Sharks. So bumped me over that thousand mark. Thankfully enough for that because otherwise it was looking pretty dicey. Having a quick look over the the leagues that I'm in there, it looks to be the 10.50 mark is where a lot of people have landed, so I'm a little bit under par there, I suspect. 1,100 would get you pretty much up the top end of your of your leagues there, having a quick look around the 10 head-to-head leagues that I'm in there. So who knows with updates, so I could, could jump to that 1,200 mark. I know it did last week before... Um, before updates, I was sitting on about this this score here, and then everything just sort of cascaded in there. Updates left, right, and center. So hopefully they found some tackles. Hopefully uh, they credit my boy Morgo with a line break. I thought he should have had one, but they didn't give it to him. But hopefully they're kind on updates nonetheless there. So everyone going pretty well. If I have a quick look at the Young Legends League, I did see Joe Fitz. He was uh, he was up and flying. He's uh, with the SC Champions podcast these days, but uh, still part of the Young Legends League there. He was flying there. Copes, he's doing pretty well, 1086 this week catfish wilf he's flying 24 one three he's uh he's third in our league here 
few of the other guys, and Kirk up, he's he's up the top as well there. Wennon, he's just been edged out. He's 30 points behind. If I scroll all the way down, I'm back in 13th out of 20 for a few of the SC Tour contributors, a few of the Daily Telly writers as well. So it's um, I'd like to say hotly contested league, but unfortunately find myself in the, the bottom end of that. As does my NRL team, but nonetheless, we'll move on. Let's go. Rocker, flopper, shocker of the week here. The fan favourite, as my mate Timmy called it last week. Rocker of the week. Yeah, that radio station that uh, rocks the footy, as Timmy said as well. Rocker of the week. Well, it's not James Tedesco, despite another ton here. It's his teammate, Luke Keary, 132 points, rattling off the stats. He four try assists, try contributions. Jeez, could have had five. 22 tackles and no misses. He's a skinny guy, so the fact he's managed to hold on to all those tackles is a great sign for him. Two tackle busts, two offloads, two line breaks, three line break assists. I think he had four runs in the end, four actual hit-ups. So the fact he's managed to do all of that with barely running the ball into the opposition line is pretty incredible stuff there. So Luke Keary, doesn't matter who in the Roosters, it seems like every week there's just going to be someone who's going to turn up from them. It, uh, it's a it's a scary proposition for any opposition coming up there against those guys. But the Chooks, even despite all the injuries, despite all the outs that they've got there, the fact that they can still put teams to the sword the way that they've done is uh, is frightening for for basically everyone else in the competition. There, they are definitely looking up and ready for another crack at the title for this year. Uh, flopper of the week. <laughs> Boo hiss indeed here. Charlie Staines, he's in about 50 plus percent of all of our teams here and he's gone very, very under yet again here, 11 points before updates. So couldn't get the ball in his hand. Nine runs all game. It's very criminally low. For a guy in this Panther side, it's sort of like being given keys to a Ferrari, but all they open is the effing boot. You can't actually get this thing out and drive it around at all. He's just, he's in that side, this, this Penrith side, again, like the Roosters, they're just starting the year on fire and he's nowhere to be seen. He's, uh, for whatever reason, Jerome Luai is not on his side and they seem to be favouring that Luai-Crichton-To'o combination. So Charlie Staines, he's just basically catching a cold out on that wing there. So he's just uh, he's got a, a long way to go in his, his career, obviously. He's starting out fresh. Obviously, last year he was he was very hot when he started. He got six tries in two games, all that. We had all that in our mindset coming into the year. We, everyone basically had him in their side. Uh, he was a key into this Penrith side, a cheap guy. And for whatever reason, he's going to lose a lot of cash here. So hopefully, with a, a bit of confidence and a bit more ball out that side, he'll uh, he'll bounce back from that. But Charlie Staines, geez, everyone's playing him week to week, seventeen in their seventeen, and he's just not delivering. Shocker of the week. This is incredible stuff. Uh, ben Hunt. Who would have thought we'd talking about this guy as a potential option in Supercoach? Despite all the drama, all the history with this guy, it's, it's actually quite good to see that he is bouncing back and he's got a bit of a smile on his face as well. He's had a torrid old time of it since that um, ill-fated 2015 Golden Point kickoff, but 114 points for him against that very team, against my team, the Cows. Uh, not great stuff for them. Didn't throw up a hell of a lot of defense on our line there, but Ben Hunt was absolutely tearing us to shreds in that uh, that first half there. So many line break assists. He scored for himself in the second half as well. An easy looking try there, but um, eyes up footy. He's playing. He's just running the ball. He looks good. Available at hooker and uh, in halfback, so not a lot of people would have this guy in. He's very much one of those draft propositions. You're sort of desperate for a halfback, and you're, you're 
pick this guy and who knows, he's gone 74 and 114. So he's definitely started the year with a bit of a bang. So Ben Hunt did not imagine we'd be talking about him. Shocker of the week, but uh, who knows, maybe he'll be a rocker because we've all got him in our sides after a few more rounds there. But um, for whatever reason, he absolutely towed up against the Cowboys there. So horrible for me to watch, but for Ben Hunt, Good on you, son. Let's go through the injuries and the suspension news coming out of today. Well, if we start with the suspension list here, it's quite an extensive one. I always, always forget that it's a double. JT, you got to remember that shit, mate. <laughs> the suspension news coming out of today. Quite a bit on the, the uh, charge list here. So firstly, DWZ, he's been cited for a careless high tackle. He's out two weeks with an early guilty plea, three if he goes to the judiciary and fails. Kyle Felt last night as well. He put on two pretty... Well, they were good shots, but unfortunately in this day and age, whenever you go over the horizontal, it's looked upon pretty unfavorably. So he is looking at a two to three week suspension as well. JTB to Noah Brown for the Warriors. Crush attack on a nasty one here because he's got prior loading. He's got four weeks, regardless of whether he lodges an early guilty plea or not. Phoenix Crossland, same game, same result. Crush attack on three to four weeks for him. And Felice Kafusi, this was a nasty one against Maddo. He's, uh, he's been. Well, he killed us for, for Supercoach there. Poor Matter. He's has a horrible run with concussion in his uh, pretty short career at the moment, but um, didn't look in a good way here. And he's woken up with a headache as well. Felice Kafusi for that gets a dangerous contact charge two to three weeks. A lot of people saying he should have been sent off. He sinbinned in the game there. It wasn't a good look, but uh, he remained on the park, but he'll definitely sit out a couple of weeks at least there. Some of the injuries, there's oh, a few coming out there. As we mentioned, the HIAs, I think they're probably the most crucial here. So let's go through a couple of them. So Kate Cuss for Manly, he uh, failed his HIA. So did Adam Reynolds in the same game and Jackson Paulo. Nathan Cleary on Saturday afternoon, he was cleared of his HIA. He did leave the field with about 10 to go. Did pass his HIA, but he'll face a pretty tough uh, round of protocol to get through and play, I think, it's quite early in the round there. I'll just bring it up here, but he's got a very short turnaround before his next game there, which puts him into a fair bit of doubt. So whether or not they get the likes of Matt Burton in, maybe Tyrone May, who knows, but uh, Nathan Cleary looks very much touch and go. Um, Thursday night, in fact, against the Storm. Wow, it's a uh, huge game. They're very likely to uh, want to push to get him on the park as soon as they can, but you cannot rush that sort of stuff there. Matto, obviously, obviously, as we mentioned there, nasty little head knock there, woken up uh, with a, a headache the morning after, which NRL Physio reliably informed us can be the case sometimes, those delayed symptoms. So despite looking pretty good in the post-match sheds after their big win there, he's struggled the morning after. So they've got a Saturday afternoon game, so he's got about nine days to make that turnaround. But um, without, yeah, with, the, with that history he's got with nasty concussions there, I would be very surprised that they rush him back. It's um, definitely in the headlines and definitely... Definitely something people will be looking at there. Outside of HIAs, let's go through the other injuries. We've got CHT. He was seen in a moon boot post-game, so he looks one to two games with uh, some sort of foot or ankle injury there. Andrew Davey, horrible news for, for Manly there, and also Andrew Davey just can't get a go in this, in this game here. Unfortunately, an ACL looks to have him out for at least six months. Horrible news 
for the Seagulls. Horrible news for Davey, who is very much talked about as a uh, potential option in Supercoach. He's got a great uh, attacking game. And even in his first, I think it was five minutes he was out there for, unfortunately, looked pretty good. So horrible news for Manly. All the best for Davey in his recovery there. Happy Coruscant, he was ruled out uh, midweek. So he's got a broken wrist. He's six weeks on the sideline there. So huge blow for, for Penrith. Uh, Despite the fact they didn't need him on the day there, Appy will see some time on the sideline there. Mitch Kenny was his replacement. So interesting proposition there for an 80-minute hooker. For Tyler Mariner, he had a bit of a calf issue there. He should be right to go for next week, but they did rest him during the game. Corey Waddell got quite a few minutes as a result. Uh, Wonga Blake, calf issue for him. He was scratched pre-game. He looks about one one month on the sideline there, three to four weeks. So he could be yeah a, a big out for them. Bailey Sirinan, shoulder, he's he'd had it in the sling again post-game with CHT. He was at a wedding or something like that. I think physio was all over it. Uh, he, I think, is just a precaution at this stage. should be right to go. James Roberts, again, a pre-game scratching shoulder issue for him. So possibly just the one week on the sidelines. Hopefully for the Tigers, they get him back on deck. And then some guys that are coming back. So Harry Grant, he's still not due back until round six. They're definitely taking their time with him, making sure that everything is all good. And Victor Radley, thankfully for the Roosters, they're running out of troops there trying to fill in. So he's due back next week. So they did have Freddie Lussick filling in there today. So with Victor Radley back, you'd imagine he slots into the vacant hooker role with Jake Friend out. So a bit of cavalry returning for the Chooks there. Hopefully Angus Crichton makes it back as well um, sooner rather than later. He should just be the one week this week. But uh, fingers crossed, Teamless Tuesday doesn't throw up any surprises. Game by game, let's go through them all, all eight games for the round. Started on Thursday night in a bit of a scrappy affair. Uh, the, the rain, as it did with a lot of these games, played a bit of a part in this one here. But the Eels, shock winners over the Storm, 16-12. to 12. If we look at the, the tail of the tape here, Junior Paulo found the line yet again, so two tries in two games for him. He's playing almost 60 minutes a game, which is uh, around five minutes per game more than the last two seasons. So he's always been on the bubble there. He's in interesting kind of character he gets uh gets a fair bit of work done out there can find the line but it's always sort of been those those minutes he's just not quite at that upper echelon just yet and again the try would have inflated this here but uh, you can't sort of argue with results like like that although people would be wary trying to buy into these sort of guys given daniel saifidi who we'll talk about later did uh regress a little bit after getting an early uh hundred plus last week Power as well, Reed Marnie. We he made fools of the banner this week. He uh, didn't quite go the ton as he did last week, but he will make a stack of cash over the next week with a seventy-seven pre-updates, as it is for all of these scores here. Courtesy of another TS, I believe that was to Junior Paulo as well. Another eighty-minute game, so huge uh, showing from him. He's a little more expensive than the likes of Jaden Braley, Mitch Kenny, who we mentioned is Appy Coruscant's eighty-minute replacement. So, bit of interest around Reed Marnie there. He's had two good games in a row, but he's uh, yeah, hasn't got a big history of uh, hugely consistent supercoach scores. So keep your eye on him. He's definitely started the year on fire and will make some early cash. So if you can squeeze him in, definitely looks a decent shout based on early form. Another one who's a, a decent shout, Isaiah Papali, 55 minutes with Maddo's injury. Uh, did very well again. So last week he came on probably one of the Parramatta's best players. Wouldn't say turned the game, but definitely put, uh, put a good showing on there. He ended up with 59 points. So definitely a good showing in around um, around about the same minutes. So getting some good time off the bench there, injury assisted as it may be, but still uh, putting his hand up for a permanent spot on that roster there. 
who else have we got? Mike Acevo is his turn. So last week he was uh, one of the big flops of the week there. Just couldn't get anything going along with Wonga Blake. And it was Fergo down on, on the right edge there that was just flying, setting up tries, scoring some. It was uh, all Fergo, but this week all Sevo. So taking it in turn. So Sevo scored the match winner. Fielding those bombs. Poor old George Jennings is going to have nightmares for a while there. But um, Sevo couldn't uh, couldn't keep him away. Couldn't keep him out of the action for long there. Two tries in just a 77. So no line breaks in that, uh, that score there. But looking definitely a lot better than he did last week there. And as we said, it was Fergo's turn last week. It wasn't this week. He got a 25. So might have stung a few people if you brought him in as a, uh, well, hoping that he would build on that early round one form, but not to be there. Similarly, flopping in a way is Nathan Brown and Mitch Moses. So Brown, again, struggling for minutes and input out there. And Mitch Moses, yeah, as, as Timmy mentioned last week, he's the David Warner of the NRL. He's a flat track bully. He, yeah, when the going's good, he might play off the back of it. But in a you know grinding sort of game, he's definitely often nowhere to be found. So again, Mitch Moses, they both scored under 50 pre-updates. For the Storm, Christian Welsh, 66 points from 50 minutes, uh, almost all base. So didn't get a, you know, those attacking stats that he might have gotten last year that sort of inflated his scores a bit there. But um, not great minutes, but geez, you can't argue with those those points there. Hopefully he didn't rage trade him after a, a quiet-ish 50-odd last week, but he was uh, he was definitely great for them there. Um, but yeah, definitely looked a bit gassed as well, so might not have just needed that, um, that run in the legs, bit of juice in the tank. Uh, Cam Munster, 55, no attacking stats outside a couple of force dropouts. So it was what, definitely one of those wet weather games where not a lot, uh, from the halves was, was getting, getting working and, and the kicking game needed to be on point here. Had a couple of good ones there to, to boost those scores, but like he, he normally does, despite only going, well, it's not, it's mid range, I would say for him. But he doesn't often go below that. He'll often hit these 45 to 55s in a game where he doesn't really do much, which as a half, you can always accept and move on to the next week because he'll probably, after a loss, uh, it's definitely the storm's time to turn around. Brandon Smith, unfortunately, hasn't kicked on despite getting the number nine jersey with Harry Grant out. 48 here. Doesn't seem to be worth that money despite 70 minutes in the game. He's a big Stint on the park there for B. Smith, but not getting the job done. Did cop a spray from Cam Munster during the game as well for a wayward pass. So I think they went on to score a try in that play. So it's an unusual sight there, but they have very high standards at the storm there. As we mentioned, Matto 36, very quiet in the first half despite or before the concussion, I should say. So we're still going to gear up to that 60 plus as he always does there, but unfortunately got uh, robbed of that last sort of half hour there. All righty, next game. Knights getting the job done against the Warriors, 20-16 to 16 here. Was watching this one in the Valley with Wenon. It was uh, yeah, pretty good viewing there. Had a few Knights fans around, a few Knights tippers. I did not go to the Knights again. They've ruined me two weeks in a row. Jaden Braley, speaking of being ruined, Jaden Braley and, like, honestly, this guy, 80 minutes. He's had a horrible history with injury. But, again, just getting time on the park there. He's doing the job. 86 following on from an 84 last week. This one includes a try and 53 tackles. Huge. 356k could be a great get if he can stay injury free and i think that's unfortunately always the question mark with him a lot of people have either gone early with him or even got him in last week so if you've managed to do that he has delivered more than enough for you there that's fantastic output for him good to see for Jaden braley hopefully hopefully for anyone that owns him you can keep that up there you'd almost need to move so we talked about reed marnie earlier we 
Mitch Kenny as well, Appy Coruscant's replacement around that same price mark. You just need to move Connor Watson somewhere. Maybe it's to Moylan, who had a bit of a stinker, as we'll get to later in the pod. But, yeah, you need to sort of move that little Watson combination that a lot of people have started with. So you need to find some room there. So they're definitely hitting their straps pretty early, which is good to see for them. Mitch Barnett, 83. Uh, following on from his ton last week, he did get 16 points from goals. So you take them away, and it's still a very decent score at 65-plus. So 80 minutes second rower without... Ponga there, he's been given the kicking duties, but you'd imagine the way he's striking them. I think he's had one miss, if that, in his last two games. So the way he's striking them just seems to be, if Ponga's back and he's still got some niggling injuries, he might just keep this kicking tee for a bit longer than we all thought. So if that's the case and the Knights continue their pretty good uh, early season form there, he could be a great shout. For the Knights as well, Daniel Saifidi, as we said, regressed a little bit here. He did get a double last week. That wasn't going to continue. We all know that. But unfortunately, didn't get quite the minutes we would have hoped for any owners there. 50 minutes and just 43 points. So very quiet, despite it being a pretty rough and tumble old sort of game there. Connor Watson, 50 minutes off the bench. It's that late swap that always uh, gets us. So this at least... And like it was last week was the Friday 6 p.m. game. So at least we know Connor Watson's going to be on the bench and it definitely just yeah, makes it difficult to play him. I've taken him out again. Actually put Fusatua in for him instead. I thought maybe the Fus can jag a try. He didn't. So I lost about 13 odd points there, but Connor Watson got a 39 in, in around 50. So no tries this week. Can't, um, can't be too harsh on that one there, but yeah, just don't like seeing that constant bench shifting i just want to see a full full uh, starting game from him there as we said the first just 24 points i don't know what's doing there i don't know why i even bothered but uh played him two weeks in a row now and definitely on the chopping block one tackle bust in 17 runs so very poor return from a guy that we know can do some good things out there he does rely heavily on his try scoring so without those which he hasn't had the last two weeks he's gone very very poorly speaking of poor cht quiet yet again as we said picked up a bit of a, a foot issue there ankle problem so he just scored the 30 similar to last week uh, might be out depending on how the scans go could be one to two weeks there so not a great start for anyone that gone that went with CHT. Uh, Tohu, he had a pretty inflated score of 75 with a try assist and line break assist in the second half. Plenty of edge, but again, getting 80 minutes. So he's a very interesting character. I could only have him if he was playing lock and in the middle, basically full time. But uh, you can't argue with results there. Try assist, line break assist, that's definitely handy. AFB, Fanua Blake, he fell back a little bit. 57 last week to just 48 uh, minutes here, speaking of minutes there, and didn't go uh, didn't go great, so hit around that 50-odd mark. So AFB, you know he's a bit of a volatile sort of character there, but without any attacking stats, sort of fell away. We'll take a quick break here and then come back to chat through Titans and Broncos and the rest of the round. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Alrighty, Titans getting the job done, 28 over the Broncos, 16. So they pulled away in the end. It was some horrible defense on the Broncos line there from Tessie New and Anthony Milford, so much so that Milford got moved mid-game to the other side of the field. Kevin Walters couldn't even uh, sugarcoat it in the pre in the post-game uh, press conference. It basically said it's a defensive decision that they made. So the fact you've got to hide a first-grade playmaker on a million bucks a year just says about everything you need to know about how the Broncos are going there. Not that my side is doing that much better, but whatever. Uh, quality over quantity for Tavita Pango Jr. so far this year. Just the 39 minutes last week and 51 here. So building a little bit and scored a try. Five busts, two offloads down from, I think, the eight he got last week or seven. Uh, so definitely getting some work done out there. So with any luck, he builds on that 51 minutes. If he's getting around that 60-minute mark, geez, I don't think he will. I think he's more of that 50 to 55-minute player the way he's going, uh, particularly playing through the middle there. But some of the stuff he does out there, you just kind of want that sort of X factor in, in your side there. So TPJ is definitely a, a bit of a pod play at this stage, and he's only uh, you know seeing red uh, a bit too often to um, – yeah, you know, one sort of brain explosion, I should say, away from a suspension. So you've always got to be wary of that there. But for now, he's definitely getting the job done. Tessie New, he finally, well, he was pretty good last week. He was steady, but an 81 here, courtesy of a, a brilliant try in the corner there and probably could have had another. You had the ball stripped out of him over the line there, basically. And yeah, it could have been a double and 100 plus for him, but definitely a, a welcome a return from him this week, given some of the, the duds we had in our centre wing last week. So should be some good cash on its way for Tezzy. Good to see there. And hopefully you all played him. Definitely a, a decent matchup here against the Titans on a dry-ish track. So Tezzy getting the job done. Jermaine Osako will make a bit of a cash rise in the next week with a 59 here, but he's very error-prone. A couple of big mistakes here as well. So he's... Yeah, the 59's a handy enough super coach score, but geez, they'll need a bit more out of him as a full-time fullback there. And Jordan Ricky, another cheapie that we've got in our second row there, 63 points, handful of busts and a line break, and again, playing the full 80. So that's great signs for basically every super coach who has this guy in the side, which should be 100% of sides. But uh, Jordan Ricky, very good return there and makes you feel a little bit more comfortable with playing these sort of guys week to week in your 17, where you can see them rattling up scores like that so hopefully a bit more confidence and he'll build into that role uh who else for the bronx there well anthony milford we mentioned i didn't want to call him the flopper of the week i feel like that's basically just his award it's got his name on it he had a good week last week with a 69 well but 11 back to bad old ways he missed a couple of really crucial tackles on the line there as we said got shifted kicked dead two errors a penalty conceded it just was an awful time and i really have doubts as to whether he'll actually get a, a run next week he's always been close to the chopping block last week last year surely should have been time to sit him out but it's a uh, very sad times indeed for the broncos when you've got a million dollar player who might not even make the side week to week tom did and had a, a very good game by all reports earlier today so in the q cup so he looks re- really ready and raring to go for that first grade spot there so I'd be very surprised milford makes it back 
on the field. Sorry, Wilf. For the Titans, the well, basically the, the biggest brother of all the Queensland sides this year. How good are they going? Uh, well, at least one and two, make one and one, I should say, makes them higher than the 0-2 Cows and Bronx. David Fafida lit it up with two tries coming off, well, as we said, feeble defense by the Titans there. Great shout for the VC by Lakey on the, the pod this week and on his captain's article. He called Fafida out as being a, a huge uh, potential VC if you went that way. Uh, he's, he's nearly gone the ton there. So fantastic stuff for anyone who's backed Fafida in early nine busts and 65 minutes. Definitely outpointed Tino F for Asul Malawi. So Tino F had uh, just over the 50-minute mark and got a very low 36. He's got seven missed tackles credited on the NRL app. So Supercoach seems to have gone a little light on him. I think he only had the three or four, but could he could lose even more points if they're not feeling too kind tonight or tomorrow morning whenever they do these updates. But um, Tino F, very quiet game from him. So he did, he did shakily enough last week, got rattled a few times with some big hits, but um, hopefully builds into his added responsibility at the Titans this year. Jamal Fogarty bounced back somewhat uh, with a 56, 14 points from goals and a tri-assist line rec assist. So good to see him on the board with some attacking stats there. Still got the goal kick and tee. So definitely a handy return. If you've gone him over CHT, uh, you're happy there with that that effort there. Um, yeah, that's probably all Broncos fans want to hear about that uh, debacle Friday night. Bulldogs fans won't want to be talking about this one either. Penrith, 28, defeating the Dogs, 0 in a pretty scrappy old affair. Took a while for the Panthers to really click in this one, but once they did, they pulled away as they did last week as well against my boys. Billy Army Kickout, he could have been Shocker of the Week. He could have been Rocker of the Week. I have no idea what to make of this guy. He's an enigma. He's an absolute enigma. He got, what, 40, 50 minutes last week, barely scored anything, comes out this week against the Dogs in his unstoppable 126 points, Two tries. I, I just don't get it. 65 minutes, way higher than, than some games he got last year and last week as well. So it's it, I cannot get a read on him. He's a draft guy. Like he, He's too hard to trust week to week, head to head. He'll come, probably come out next week and get a 40 in 40 minutes. It'll just be something like that. They'll rest him. And who knows? Maybe it'll be Kurt Capewell. He was given an early shower with 49 minutes of the game gone. Didn't come back onto the field. Don't think it was injury related. He just didn't uh, didn't get a run on. I don't think they really needed him to close that game out. So Kurt Capewell, not a not a great return. He's in the thirties pre updates. So owners would be wanting a bit more out of him. He was. I, I did warn a few people last week not to read too much into that game. I thought he was very quiet. He did get the early try, but outside of that, not a lot of work out on that edge there. But again, he's playing in the Panthers side, so the Panthers are going to score a lot of points this year. Capewell will be on the end of quite a few of those. So, you know, it's like Kickout could be back next week and obviously a hell of a lot cheaper. So you can trust him a little bit more there. Fisher Harris, well, he was my go-to guy in the preseason. I thought he was in for a big year. He's gone 61 again, which is handy enough. He's in the 60s, but it's just not. I'm looking around at the guys like Junior Paulo and Daniel Safidi last week. A lot of these guys here um, that are that are doing so much uh, better in that front row spot there. Fisher-Harris, I can't complain too much, but again, I want to see some more offloads. I want to see some busts. 51 minutes is not great. I was hoping for more than that, given some of the low-minute players they've got around him, but not doing a hell of a lot out there. Hoping for more from him. 
Speaking of, of doing a lot more, though, as we mentioned, Mitch Kenny, he should now get an extended run in the side with Appy out. He got 80 minutes here for 57. That did include tries his line break assist. So without those, the base gets pretty poor there. But uh, 311k, so he's cheaper than Braley and Marnie, who are both going to make a stack of cash. Kenny only playing the one game. He's going to take a, a couple more weeks to get that first price rise here. So interesting prospect there. He will get a month and a half. But again, well, not again, I haven't said it, but Api Coruscant, he's a very fast healer, as Nathan, as uh, Ivan Cleary came out and said earlier in the week there. So we know Appy came back very early last year from a pretty nasty-looking elbow injury, so could do the same there with that wrist fracture. But uh, who knows? So six weeks is the the quote for now. Mitch Kenny, very much a pod play there, but he is a bit cheaper if you're struggling for some cash generation there. For the pennies, Momorowski, double late in the game there. So stealing Charlie Staines' points. Um, unfortunately, just not getting enough ball out there when you got Momorowski diving in uh, to, to score tries and even going in. Uh, infield to nab a couple as well, nab one as well. So it was, yeah, Mommy getting the job done there for the pennies. Brian Toa, he was pretty handy with 50 points in basically all base. So 40 points in hit-ups alone. So that's huge. When a guy like him doesn't score a try, you really hope that floor lifts there. And Brian Toho just getting so much work done. You compare that nine runs from Charlie Staines versus 40 points in hit-ups from Toho. It's an incredible disparity there. So Toho definitely looks to be getting a lot more work done out there. Speaking of work done, Spencer Lenuel. He was very busy in his 31 minutes, keeping up that pretty solid points per minute ratio with 39. 39 points from him pre-update. So hopefully gets a few more hit-up points and that sort of thing and bumps his score up there. But very, very good value from a very cheap player there. And some of the other cream rose to the top over the weekend as well. Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary, 89 and 75 respectively. They just keep going the double act. So it's one of those rare times when halves in the same side can seem to go big when the other does as well. So it doesn't seem to hold either of them back. But it's Luai, it's Jerome Luai that's looking the more creative of the two this year. So just about everything this bloke does seems to be, it just seems to be going down his side. He seems to be pulling uh, triceps out of his backside. And Nathan Cleary's just there to convert him. So thankfully he's got that kick and tee. Otherwise, Cleary, he'd be back in those doldrums of 50 and 60 without those goal kicking points so thankfully enough he's there converting but um nathan cleary who knows could be his turn next week um he did get the updates last week to take him to that ton but nathan cleary got outdone by luai here i'm really liking what luai's doing so if you've gone the double you're absolutely cheering there for the dogs not a lot of super coach relevance here but josh jackson he was a very much talked about player as starting in the lock position earlier uh from round one so he got 80 minutes at lock here 60 tackles zero misses so he's stalwart of the side here um no nonsense gets the work done 75 points in basically all bases pretty massive there once he gets some runs under his belt it might uh, might help him a bit but 80 minutes at lock is huge um other than that though the ogden and heatherington front row forward combination for the dogs hasn't quite gone to plan if you went either of them early days is a uh, sort of mid-range slash cheapy option at your front row there they haven't delivered they're not getting minutes and they also don't get a lot done out there so unfortunately the uh, yeah not the best but they give you an easy trade out option this week if you've still got them floating around and jake Avarillo had a bit of a stinker just not getting anything done 
South's 26 finally got the job done over Manly 12. It took a while, like it did for Penrith, to really break away in this game here. But once they did, you could see the difference in class there. Wild old game from Latrell Mitchell. Lazy Latrell here. A try, try assist, sideline side conversions, two library assists, a sin bin. Finished on 72, and it was a contentious sin bin as well. So it looked like he just clipped um, old mate running through for the try there. DCE, bit of a dive act there, I thought. But um, enough for Latrell to get 10 minutes on the sidelines there. What could have been if Latrell had stayed out there? But he was credited with a couple of line break assists and one try assists early in the game as well. Could have gone to Latrell. Uh, sorry, should have gone to Cody Walker as a Cody Walker owner. But they've gone to Latrell. Quick hands from him. He looked very much settled in on that um, that edge, that left edge for the Bunnies. So he's doing some good things early doors as well. Speaking of, Damien Cook, he was one of the floppers of the week last week. He's, what? 36 last week compared to 105 points. Back to his running best. He was killing it over the weekend there. Challenged by a fair few in the media to make sh- make more runs out there, do more things. We know what he can do. He's a creative player. He's a dangerous player at a dummy half, but he's just not taking the hit-ups he used to. Not the case in this game here. He had a try, five busts, two line breaks, and also a try save on Jason Saab. So they, I think they got about three mentions out of his whole beach sprinting career once he did that there. So they're always love throwing that the old beach sprinter out for Damien Cook there so he was killing it on Saturday you can't keep a good player like him down for long um, again they'll be worried super coaches will be worried about that 36 but geez when he is on he is very much on for the bunnies as well Cam Murray he could only score in the 60s despite playing 80 minutes doesn't often get these big minute games from him so a bit of a he was quiet ish out there but still 60 minutes you can't argue too much there but I think the guy that's taken a bit of shine off and a guy that a lot of people are looking at now Jai Arrow big minutes a big score in relatively limited minutes 51 it's still a very handy stint on the park there and again basically all base so we know he loves an offload we know he can bust tackles but he's getting the job done with tackles and hit-ups so really just um hard to argue with the the results at the moment i think it's just the fact he's got that orange tick against his name every week for super coaches that makes him a little bit more or a little bit less uh, enticing as a play each week but again he, he did it last week. He's done it again. So very much an interesting play here. Um, as we said, Cody Walker, he did get involved in some plays down the edge there. One of them led to his own try. Uh, one of them was one sweeping backline play he was involved in. Only got the TC for the backline play and didn't get the LA for his own try. So could have gone either way, but it's gone to Latrell at least pre-updates there. So he falls on just 39. So Cody started the game with a try. He was on about 25, I think, for a long time. Scraped his way to 39 with that TC and a few other bits and pieces, but a few runs here and there. But again, just very quiet, very much a monster kind of game. Has that one or two explosive bits of play and then just goes quiet afterwards so unfortunately looked like a really big arvo for him fell away not to be but uh anyway he shall be back uh jason sarp saved his best for well his best for the year he saved his score with a line break of a kick in the second half so got fed the ball by dylan walker there broke right through and then got run down by damien cook as we said the beach printer breeds sprinter um Zero tackles made, three missed. So not a good ratio for Big Sabi there, but hopefully he can build on that. No errors this week. I think that's the crucial thing. Hopefully that's what Des Hazel wants to see. And 11 runs, which isn't the worst, but geez, you're not going to play this guy week to week unless they're coming up against a, a you know a Cowboys or Broncos. Uh, and finally, the flop of this game here for mine, Campbell Graham. 
26 points. Had high hopes for him this year. He was a bit of a, a pod last year with some big scores. Found the line at ease in that uh, that final two, three months for the Bunnies. This year, he's just started very slowly, not getting a lot of ball out there. Flopped again at 26. It's uh, it's not ideal. Horrible game here. Dragons 25, defeating the Cowboys 18. I shouldn't say that because it actually was a very entertaining game. A lot of people wrote it off early in the week. It's definitely a wooden spoon off. Neither side is going to feature too heavily in the finals, you would imagine. But they definitely put on a show there. It was a, yeah, if you were a neutral and watching this game, it was scrappy, but it had a bit of everything here. So uh, not to be for my team. It was a, a tough old watch, a lot of first tackle errors. But um, anyway, we move on. As we said at the top, shocker of the week is Ben Hunt finally an option so never really been relevant for the last three or four years i'd say that 2015 year he was kind of in the mix there great consistent player followed on from a 74 last week to notch up 114 heap of attacking stats as we said it again was against a a pretty poor side it was against the the sharks last week who aren't um you aren't flash hot but again it uh it's, it's two good games in a row here and he's running he's linking with some of his outside men, he's finding gaps in the defensive line. He just looks a different player to what we've seen in previous years. So he's available at halfback and hooker, 450-odd K, so a bit of a you know tough price to, to just sort of squeeze him in at ease there. But um, for what he's shown over the last couple of weeks, it could be time for him to turn a corner. So very interested to see how his next month winds up. But, um, yeah, tough old job trying to squeeze him into your side there with much faith uh no one else in this game really stood out so very low scores all round daniel alvaro had some good touches out there 66 points from 49 minutes so again big stint from him a couple of good saves on the line there from him he was pretty handy out there just the 46 minutes for fui maono who played mostly through the middle this week he got 41 points had some handy upgrades last week so for a guy in the 250 odd k mark hitting these four and 50 like he did last week they're going to make some cash for him and he's doing enough there to warrant some price for us as last year parked on the edge doing nothing this year he's all through the middle there making tackles making some good runs um i think one error uh, on saturday night there but fui definitely getting the job done any increase in minutes there and he could be a genuine play um so i've written him off but i think you've got to ignore maybe last year being parked on that edge having him through the middle gets him so much more involved and he's doing the job there for them a little bit of talk about Corey jensen he was a cheapy front row forward for the cows uh provided a pretty wild offload that ended up leading to a val holmes solo effort try there but um a couple of crucial errors there i think he's going to find himself he's always been in and around that team uh Get, tends to get chopped at the the slightest, well, the drop of the ball. So unfortunately for for Corey, that could be the case here. Someone's going to get um, going to get lined up and booted from this side. I'd imagine, if not a few peak, few players, and I think it could be the likes of Corey Jensen. So if you went for him, you would have liked the offload, but some of those effing errors, yeah, I don't want to speak anymore about it. Tigers and the Roosters talk about Supercoach scoring in this game in the wet. So all the, the talk during the, the week and the weekend was about do we trust some players in the wet like the Tedescos and like um, you absolutely do because whatever it was, maybe it made him harder to tackle. Luke Keery, we mentioned, rocker of the week, 132, had every stat in the book. Beamos, 131. This guy is, I don't know what he's doing. He's drinking the blood of the young. I don't know what it is. He's, uh, yeah, 
for whatever reason, just keeps churning it out. So he was lethal down on that edge there, setting up tries, scoring some of his own. He was fantastic. So highly priced. He's the second highest priced center wing in the game. Um, no one was looking at this guy. It was Nofaluma or someone around that mark there. But BMOS, if you've got this guy in early doors, you are absolutely cheering. Well done to you if you do. Tedesco, 107 points. He was just involved in basically everything the Chooks were doing out there. Everything seemed to go through him, and he just hates being tackled. He just hates it. Tupanua, 89 points, including a try, and he looked very dangerous. Could have gotten a few more the way he was charging at that line there. He has been a great shout. Did get called out in last week's pod because I said he was playing um, on Crichton's side. That's not the case. He's actually playing on the Boyd Cordner edge. So uh, definitely getting some good touches there. He's been in very good form to start the year. Bit of question marks over his work rate. Uh, based on some of his scores last year. But the the tries and the the attacking stats he's getting there, um, it's got to come in the, this Chook side. They're putting huge points on um, early doors against some not-so-great opposition. But, geez, you kind of want a piece of a lot of these players in there. And Tupanui is a relatively mid-range sort of price. Only blight for the Chooks, anyone you've owned in this game, if you own Lachlan Lamb notching just 36 points in another route. It's a very worrying sign for any owners there who've stuck him into their halves. He got a try assist in this game. I think it was from a kick, but outside of that, very uninvolved. And it's, um, again, just going all through Teddy or going through Kiri. So Lachlan Lamb seems to be surplus two requirements there. And the other guy, though, not surplus two requirements, a very shrewd pickup if you've got him, 411K, uh, Lindsay Collins. Front row forward now, new origin rep. 75 points here, including a try assist, line break assist. So he looked, he was even throwing bloody cutout balls for to put players over on the wing. It was a pretty handy game from him. 63 last week, so getting some good minutes. Anyway, he's taken over from JWH Hargraves, who's, seen, who's riding the pine. So that shows how much faith they're putting in this guy. And at a pretty reasonable price there, he's got a, a lot, bit of room to grow there. For the Tigers, how good does Dane Laurie look? Two line breaks, eight busts. Um, Timmy, the Tiger, who I watched the game with today, said early days to Desco, which is a pretty huge rap. I think it was more so he's going to kill it and then leave the Tigers. But, uh, yeah, other than that, to be compared to a guy like Tedesco. And if you looked at some of his runs, he's he also like Tedesco, just didn't want to be tackled. He's finding ways through the line. He's getting line breaks against a very quality opposition. So hopefully with a, a dry track and a bit more uh, work being done around him, a guy like Dane Laurie can really capitalize. But for now, sticking him into our center wing has paid off. It's uh, Everyone's got him, but again, Seeing some of these scores and the way he was running, he's got a lot of uh, super coach potential. It is fantastic to see. Last game of the round. I will say I didn't actually see this game here. Uh, unlike Kirkup, I did manage to watch quite a few of these here. But this one, I was out on the town drinking a few margaritas earlier this evening. So had some nice Mexican there and just got some score updates coming in. Did see Bailey Simonson, my one player in this game, was flying off uh, early days. He got a line break. He was on about 25 um, through maybe 10, 15 minutes and then finished the game with 39. So, yeah, thank you very much. Very Cody Walker-esque, that one there. So, anyway, he got me over the 1,000 the marks. I can't 
uh, hate on him too much there, but decent enough score from a center wing. But again, very scrappy looking game here. Haven't watched the highlights. Hudson Young, 76. He was the top scorer here, which includes a try assist. So uh, good to see Hudson there. He has been called out as picking up a minor knee complaint, I think it was. So hopefully nothing too serious there because he did play the 80 minutes out. But uh, 76 points there from a bit of a young gun. He's definitely ticking all the boxes to start the year here. A uh, couple of guys. Well, the other good one here, Ryan James, 58 points in 41 minutes. I have to say I was wrong. I'll call myself out. I was wrong there. Uh, I did say he's that awkward price. He's not going to get minutes. He's you know, back from a very long stint on the sidelines there, but he has been off to an absolute tear. So good to see. I really hope it keeps up for him. He seems to be one of the good guys in the NRL and for the Raiders anyway. The way he's stepped into the side there and the way he's playing, it seems to be that it's going to be very tough for the Horsburgh to make his way back into the side because how do you drop a guy doing the sort of things he's doing here? Three busts, a line break, um, 40-odd minutes. It's great time on for him out on that field. Got to try last week, which helped as well. But, geez, doing all the right things there. Going to make a stack of cash early days, which is fantastic for any owners. It's almost like you've got to pull the trigger if you like me and haven't got him in to start the season. So that is how good he's gone. Great stuff, RJ. Um, not so great stuff. A couple of other scores here. Hodgson, 50, including a try assist, line break assist, despite playing 80 minutes. So, again, just no base. It's a it's a strange old one for him. He's always been a creative player, but he has always gotten those sort of uh, tackle stats. But for whatever reason, he's sort of hiding in the line, obviously a preservation kind of thing, I guess. But Hodgson, 50, including a TS line break assist, not great there. Not great as well for Joe Tarpany. He fell back after 100 last week, 46 from 41 minutes. Could be a few updates in there for him. Not great as well. Matt Moylan, two errors, six missed tackles. So back to the bad old ways of, yeah, Matty Moylan there. At least he's gotten through two games unscathed, but 17 points. Hopefully you weren't hoping for a Hail Mary from Matty Moylan to close out your week there, but that was not not ideal. Um, that was probably it in terms of super coach relevance for that Sharks there. So we went through. We, it was an interesting old round. There's a lot of big scores from some usual suspects there, the Clearies and the Tedescos and the like, but across the board there weren't that many uh, hugely surprising ones. Uh, a lot of big scores last week. It was a dry track. It was all that um, that round one defense falling off players getting tired so maybe we're not going to see those regular 1200 plus scores that we used to or maybe it was just the wet weather but whatever it was it was some pretty good football um unfortunately my own team is 0 and 2 but uh we'll be back we'll be back to live and fight another day and of course i'll be back this tuesday with our boy lakey to go through all the teamless tuesday and then the wednesday we'll have the pod there with trades everything will be on the site there the people's team um i didn't mention at the start but i think Wenon might have uh, had a little bit of a faux pas on Friday night, might have had a bit too many shandies and might have stuffed up a trade or two, but we'll see. He'll uh, have to own up to that there. The people's team should be back. But nonetheless, it's uh, JT here for a round two Sunday report. Been a good week. Hope you've had a great one and we'll catch you next time.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.